Welcome back to the Post Facto Podcast, the, uh, the podcast where two nerdy teachers put down the red pen and pick up the mic to talk about games. Wow, you remember that? I did. Because bi- you wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> that's our that's our bio, right? Yeah, we should say it at the beginning of every episode. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. now you live and you learn. And that was that was almost as awkward as uh, the the game awards were this week. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Maybe I'm being unfair. <laughs> <laughs> to who? The game yeah. awards or, or me? I don't know. I'll have to think about that a bit more. But um, but I, I watched snippets of the game awards this week. You you watched? Did you watch the whole thing? Uh, I saw it in pieces. Yeah. Like I was like I was like watching it while playing League of Legends and just sort of like muting it and unmuting it, you know, in intervals. Yeah, it was. Um, I I well a I forgot it existed. Yeah. Um, but B, I guess it's kind of cool that there's like a an award show for games that isn't the most completely awful thing ever. Remember the? Did you ever see like was the Spike or Game Awards? Oh yeah, those were well Spike trash. Spike <laughs> Spike has just always been like a misogynist channel. Yeah. You know? so <laughs> oh like, no. Yeah, yeah, and then the yeah. Spike still exists. Uh, I don't have cable, so I don't yeah, really know. I, I also don't have cable. <laughs> I hope look, not. Look at us stupid millennials without cable. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought the Game Awards, uh, to be honest with you, I was actually kind of impressed by it. Like, I, I didn't realize that... I mean, I guess with esports and everything, like as popular as video games are now today, like we should have an award show that isn't totally cringy. Um, but I thought it was pretty cool. We got a bunch of trailers and a bunch of announcements uh did you see the death stranding i you know I, that was the first thing i was going to bring up the second thing i was going to bring up was did you see did you watch the live performance of the doom soundtrack no oh my god it's that. so good yeah <laughs> i bet you love that it was because uh, you know you played doom right yeah the, so you know you can in your head like play the I've, kind I, of music I, that soundtrack is i hear it right now so there's like a dude you know there's a dude playing drums and then a dude like sitting there behind like keyboards and stuff mm-hmm. and then there was one dude with like an eight string guitar <laughs> of course just like without you know a cable so it's just like wireless mm-hmm. like running from sides like one side of the stage where he'd like put his face in the audience and be like, Look, guys, I'm fucking shredding. And then, like, he'd like jump across the other side and be like, Look, guys, I'm fucking shredding. Yeah. And they like go to the middle and then be like, Look, guys, I'm fucking shredding. And they go back to the left and be like, Look, guys. And he did that just over and over and over again. It was wow. great. And so I, I feel like the poor camera people, well, I feel like that dude, like, because I'm sure if he's in the business of making video game soundtracks, I doubt he's like playing to huge crowds like that was yeah so i assume he probably got some like you know training or whatever like dude just fucking run from (laughs) side to side and pretend like you're badass it's gonna be great they're like have you ever played doom he's like no and they're like okay but do you use cocaine yeah (laughs) you're hired yeah yeah they're like here's a pile of cocaine yeah just 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 put that all up in your nose Mm -hmm. And then just run from the side to the side of the stage. It'd be great. And then the poor camera people were like, "What the fuck is this dude doing?" Doom was it was nominated for a bunch of things, but I didn't really see it win anything. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't pay attention to who won. I was paying yeah. attention to things like the Death Stranding. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like I don't really care about awards and who wins awards, but I thought it was cool that like we saw like you know an extended look at some games you know coming up. Uh, Death Stranding, for one, I didn't think that it could get any weirder. Oh my god! But it got weirder. It's there's umbilical cords on everything. Yeah, yeah, it's, lots of like allusions to allusions to birth and like babies. Yeah, my you know after watching that trailer, like it's probably it looks like it's just gonna be like a stealth game, like Metal Gear Solid kind of. Yeah. I might be wrong. Maybe. I, it looks like Kojima went full acid tab. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he finally was just yeah. like... They, they even mentioned how um, his response to like his falling out with Konami was like he locked himself in a room and basically just like immersed himself in the creative process and probably did some hallucinogenic mushrooms or some shit because Death Stranding, it just... It looks like if you, if you ever felt like Metal Gear Solid was difficult to fully wrap your head around, I feel like this game is going to go full retard. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. 
Did you did you see the 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 winking fetus thing? Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, although that's kind of like in the um, tradition of like Kojima loves to break the the fourth wall. Yeah, he's like, hey, look, I I, I see you. I see you. Wink, wink. Yeah, <laughs> I know there's an audience. Uh huh. Yeah. There was also that uh, that Zelda extended look. What did you see anything from that? That like caught your eye? Um, I saw, um, you know, I was sitting there watching it and I was like, the combat looks a little more thorough than I thought it was going to, a little more difficult than I thought it was going to Mm -hmm. also. Um, and there's one part, like, I, I guess they had two trailers. They had the first trailer that was like a teaser trailer. And then they had another one that was kind of like a Let's Play thing with like people from Nintendo. It was like super awkward, of course. Yeah. Um, as those things tend to be. Yeah, I didn't I didn't care for that. Yeah, but, you know, you got to see the game, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, like, oh, I'll take over. I'm the expert. Yeah, what's the strategy with that? Like, <laughs> why, why do they do that? I don't know. I think I think Nintendo just doesn't. Have any idea. They have, like, such a tight lid on so many things, you know? And then, like, they do some weird shit like that where they just have, like, two cringy dudes playing the game. I mean, during E3, all they had was, like, cringy people playing Zelda all day on yeah. their... I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> and Yeah. Yeah, but they, um... One thing I... I there were, like, enemies that, like, surprised you out of nowhere, kind of like a Dark Souls situation. I, I got a lot of Dark, Soul, Dark yeah. Souls vibes from that game. Especially with the, like, the way they manage health. It just seems like you have a lot less health, mm-hmm. at least to start, and that, like, taking a hit or two is, it, it means a lot more than it used to in, in previous Zelda titles. Yeah. One thing I did notice, and this has nothing to do with the gameplay, was they, they said... Coming in 2017, mm-hmm. which there was this, there's been a presumption for a long time that that it was supposed to be like a launch title for the Switch in March. Yeah, and I'm signs seem to be continuing to point to that not being the case. Yeah, which is like totally because they probably would have given a release date like, exactly. Now. It would have been like it would have March happened. 2017. Yeah, yeah. So my feeling is that that's probably not coming out till later in the year. But out of things that are coming out in spring 2017, which I didn't realize this was coming out so soon, I thought it was like way in the horizon, mm-hmm. is Mass Effect. Oh, yeah. Which looked really good. Yeah, it did. I was, uh, I, it looked a lot more open. Yeah. I I was surprised that it, like, I don't know, I, heard, I had heard rumors that they were going to remove that, like, utility wheel yeah. from the game, and, like, that the dialogue might be different. It looked very familiar to me. Which, that's, I think, that part of the game I actually really enjoyed. Right. So, I mean, this is this is a good thing. Yeah, I would have been bummed if, if they if they kind of stepped back from that. Yeah. Um, I thought it looked brilliant. I thought the combat looked super fun. Yeah. Um, it looked like Mass Effect, but just... 3 4.0 you know yeah it just looked it just looked it just looked really great um some people were like kind of whining i noticed about the facial animations uh being kind of awkward haven't they always been yeah <laughs> so i don't i mean i don't care i think it's gonna be awesome and i think i think one thing it really reminded me of was no man's sky yeah because they they right. really they were like survival these planets are dangerous right right the, yeah you'll encounter like dangerous life on these planets yeah um Um, in hazardous conditions right right yeah it looked awesome yeah i it should you know show me that there's 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 some stuff to look forward to next year oh yeah um and not just picking up a nintendo switch um also it's kind of the the show because it was you know as as awkward as it could be sometimes just because when you put a you know the the you part of your job as a game designer isn't to go up and give speeches in front of thousands and thousands of people and then tons of streamers sure, etc. Yeah. So um, you know there's some awkwardness there, but it's not like the Oscars where you have actors. Yeah, there. Yeah, but but we've we've come a long long way. Not only from like the Spike Award show, which was trash, mm-hmm. um, but also just from like 
I don't know, just the way that video games are, are presented to people and how seriously they're taken. Yeah, for sure. And I think they're starting to find the right path. Because, like, the, the Game Awards, when they're on Spike, like, didn't do particularly well. Um, they were really just bad anyway, like, as far as quality. Mm-hmm. And just, it didn't seem to be the right medium to meet gamers. They were trying to use the same medium that you would use to meet, you know, a... Uh, um, uh, someone who's like a movie buff or someone who's into TV um, or someone who's into like sports. Yeah. Um, but, you know, gamers live in a kind of different or they, they, they consume media in a kind of mostly through the internet. So yeah. the, the way of switch or just switching it to live stream made a lot of sense and kind of appealing to what gamers want, which isn't like gamers don't aren't going to care as much about, um, you know, Spike TV, badass dude stuff. Yeah, I um, agree. So that was good. And also, I think, I don't know, I think that uh, there was just this awkward phase between, like, when E3 was something you'd cover in a magazine, and so all the press conferences were really for the press and yeah. not, like, for you and I to watch, like, the general. Um, a more general audience. They even they even shut the doors on E3 one year. It yeah, was just press. Yeah, well, that. E3 is a press only event, mostly. Like, Still t- today. Yep. You can't go there. As- yeah, we should try and get credentials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We hey, we have a a podcast that fifteen people listen to. <laughs> We're going to E3. Yeah, they're like, oh, fifteen k. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but um, Kelvin. Yeah, Kelvin. <laughs> That's the like combined body temperature. Is Kelvin? A, is Kelvin a, 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 a measure not, of temperature or this, energy? This or is, I forget. This is the post facto science podcast. Yes, we have Welcome. forgotten all of our science. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, well, I wanted to piggyback of what you're saying about you know like people taking video games seriously, and it's kind mm-hmm. of I think this like Kanye West phenomenon where it's like. <laughs> People are only going to take you as seriously as you take yourself, right? Yeah. So, like, the moment you stop treating them as, like, silly little games for kids and you start saying, like, really, you know, making a case for this being art, you know, and it should be Mm -hmm. taken seriously. Uh, Like, it's not like a black tie affair, but, you know, they're up there and they're wearing blazers. Like, Yeah. (laughs) To to get a blazer on a game developer. Exactly. That's a challenge. You can tell some of them are looking a little scruffy going up there on stage. They hadn't shaved, you know. You could... You, like, you know, like, 12 hours ago, they were, like, coding, you know, for sure, but... Yeah, um, but, um, when, when the developers realize that these, like, press conferences and, and things that they're doing, award shows and stuff, because E3 had an award show as well, mm-hmm. um, back in the day, um, maybe they still do, I don't know what the hell goes on, um... But they were like, oh, okay, so we got to get, like, cool celebrities. And that's why I was looking at before was that um, Jamie Kennedy press conference. Like, yeah. Like, developers like Activision and, like, EA and Konami would get, like, you know, Q-list celebrities mm-hmm. to, to host their shows. Like, oh, yeah, because then we can, like, you know. Now we're relevant. Now we're relevant, so let's get some celebrities. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, always complete trash. Like, that that yeah. Jamie Kennedy press conference is, like, remembered for how just complete shit it was. Yeah. Because once Jamie Kennedy, mm-hmm. who's, like, not really that funny. But, two, the dude has... Has no idea what what's going on with video games. You yeah, know? at the video game awards, they had Michael Phelps come out, and I immediately was like, "Okay, he's not a pretender. He, this dude smokes weed. I know he games every now and then." <laughs> okay, although it was kind of strange to me. I was like, you know, if you want us to take esports seriously, have an esports star come out and like present this award. Well, they had, they did have like. Uh, esports player of the year mm-hmm. which i was well like, that's what michael phelps was was presenting right right oh yeah. i see what you're saying they're yeah. like for the esports award here's a guy who plays real sports mm-hmm. you know um yeah and i was really surprised that a counter-strike player won that and not faker from league of legends because like league of legends is so immensely popular you know the video game awards they know what's up they gave mm-hmm. overwatch game of the year i saw that's true yeah. i was i was hoping I was you agree with that it. um and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have our our end of the year oh, yeah. games discussion probably in a couple weeks because I have to finish um, Last Guardian. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I I still would have gone for Limbo. 
I, mm. I think that Limbo was... And watching, Wait, you mean... Uh, sorry, not Limbo. Yeah. Inside. The other one. Yeah, the one that's newer. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Limbo 2.0. Yeah. Right? Inside. Shit. Um, yeah, yeah, but that's because you're all artsy and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but but Overwatch is fantastic. Overwatch, Overwatch is an accomplishment because it was a... It is a competitive online shooter objective-based... Uh-huh. that i actually enjoy yeah yeah i think i think also just like knowing how close overwatch was to being a failed mmo project yeah right like i don't know it's it's a good story yeah well it was a failed mmo project right right yeah close to just being that and yeah. not overwatch yeah. yeah it's it's although the idea of a shooty mmo sounds really great destiny got close to that yeah, I, I enjoyed Destiny for that. Well, one day when we're old men, yeah, we'll have that fully actualized, or the world will end. You know, <laughs> yeah. we're we're uh, we the Trump administration hasn't quite started yet, but <laughs> all right. Oh shit, time to pull the plug. Yeah, <laughs> we said we should have a fucking jar where we have to put a dollar in every time we say Trump. Yeah, every time it goes out, or we talk about the apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, let's let's take a break, and then we can talk about uh, what we've been playing this week, which for me it's been a lot. A lot. Yeah. Sounds good. Cool. Fucked up and didn't press the button. <laughs> it's I got one job. Yeah, one job. Press the button. You actually have most of the jobs for this podcast. I just like provide the space and the, the witty banter. It's a nice space. It, it is. I cleaned uh, yesterday. It's lovely. Um, I was like, you know what? This week I'm gonna clean on Friday night mm-hmm. because I see. I like how you move that into there. Oh yeah. That room was feeling a little vacant. You know? Well, I had to move everything out of this room. Um, because they changed my floors, which oh, are not fucked up anymore. Warped anyway. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that. Nice. So I had to move everything out of here, and, like, the morning I was gonna do it, like, and I had some friends, like, lined up to help me, like, I was like, yo, guys, let's move shit, and then they were all like, oh, I'm going over. And I was <laughs> like, oh, man, like, it was fine, though, it was, it was pretty, it actually wasn't as hard as I thought it was to move everything out. But my, like, room was just, like, stuffed with all my shit, and Mattress mm-hmm. was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> um, but um, as I was moving it back, I had that bookshelf in there anyway, and I was like, uh-huh. man, I don't want to drag that back. Also, hey, now that I, room didn't have anything in it. Now it's now got it a little a thing. It's got a little pizzazz. Yeah, a little pizzazz. I've got some more room here for my guitar and that, that one chair that the microphone sits on. Mm-hmm. But uh, this isn't a podcast about <laughs> interior decorating. This is a podcast about video games, and I have played quite a few of them this week. Um, Let's. What did you play the most of? Uh, man, that is hard to say. Um, I think I'm on. E- I'm at Pokemon and um, City Skylines in equal measure. So City Skyline. So yeah. that's. I mean, you're new to PC gaming. How do you feel about? City- what are your first impressions? Well, I it's been a while since I played a city building game. I think mm-hmm. the last one I played was SimCity 2000. Okay. And so S- City Skylines is fucking awesome. Um, and very, like, it's super addictive. Like, oh, yeah. I just, like, sit there and, like... I don't know, my city, it took maybe, like, four hours of play to, like, kind of start to get to be self-sufficient. Yeah. And now, like, my city, like, brings in a lot of income... I've transitioned from an industrial economy to more of a, like, oh. office work kind of based economy. Nice, I've gotten nice. rid of most of my industrial zones, so yeah. there's less pollution. You nice, know? nice. Um, I, I gave some tax breaks for uh, high-density uh, development. Okay. So I started increasing my high-density <laughs> development. It's great. But also, I'm really terrible at planning out, like, city roads and stuff. So uh, my city yeah. is just, like, this sprawling, strange mess. So here's the thing. Even if you, like, start to create, you know, your envisioned utopia, you're still going to run into the one pitfall of every society, and that's traffic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. So I've tried to get around it by building... Um, i built an, a metro system that is, like extensive extensive there is like every couple blocks has a metro stop okay um 
Because the buses were just a disaster. The buses like, just clog clog up yeah. the roads. So yeah. I was like, and that's still not working very well. Yeah. But I'm, you know, in my utopian society, I want to discourage driving. I want to encourage using the metro system. Yeah. And walking around. So no yeah, bikes. There's no bikes in uh, City Skyline. So. Maybe maybe they'll have an expansion. <laughs> yeah. Also, there's like the one one thing I and I know apparently it's fixed and um. One of the expansions, um, there's, so you can make districts, um, right. in your city and then you can like set different, like kind of tax policies and things like that in the district. Right. And also they'll, they're supposed to, you know, have different economic benefits. Um, and so, but the only districts, all of them are kind of like industrial in nature. So it's either there's forestry, um, and then there's industrial one. There's an agriculture one too, but I, I'm not really gonna, you know, be doing serious agriculture in my very dense city. Right. Um, so, um, I was hoping that there'd be some for like, um, kind of offices. I don't know what you would call that. Um, and then also for like entertainment. Okay. Um, and those don't exist, but I guess there's like a expansion well, where there's like a nightlife one, the yeah, entertainment district. Right. Yeah. You, and you, it introduces like tourism into the game mm-hmm. in a in a larger. There way. is like tourism, but it's very basic. Yeah, it's bare bones. My my city has an airport now. Okay. Yeah. One thing I'll recommend to you is don't uh, undervalue like industrial work or like agriculture stuff because you could always like build those things farther away and then yeah. create a train line. Oh. Right? Have that. See? Dang. Trains, man. Yeah, and there's a lot. Trains are fun. You can buy a ton of land, too, it seems. So, like, you you may want to, like, you know, you could stay confined with your your downtown area, but, like, every city's got, you know, things on the periphery, right? Yeah. Going on, so... But there's just so much, like, there's there's a lot of, like, a decent amount of granular detail. It's a paradox game, which my understanding is that paradox is into making like really intense strategy games and stuff yeah they make like isometric rpgs and stuff yeah so i was i was happy to be introduced into that world and it's been fun so far yeah Um, and it's you know the city does like react in subtle ways which i like to Mm -hmm. the changes you make because like if i increase taxes it doesn't like immediately like you know, the city doesn't immediately just say, oh, well, I'm not fucking doing this shit anymore. But, like, over time, you see that the that your incentives start working or not working, and you're able to, like, in, like, slow, small and subtle ways, and then yeah. you, can, you can change them. I think I think one of the, the biggest challenges for a lot of these, like, um, theme park building or city building games that are coming out is just having, like, a good financial simulation. Mm-hmm. Because, like, previous games, like you said you played SimCity... Those games were easy to like have like a really tight financial simulation because the game itself was kind of like tight, you know. Like you could yeah. there wasn't a lot of freedom in what you could do. Um, but now, like you've you've just got City Skyline. We talked about Planet Coaster, like where you can just kind of go crazy. Um, yeah, it's kind of harder to like pin down that financial aspect of the game. But I think City Skyline does a pretty good job of it. Yeah, it's like I said, it's it's. There are subtle responses, but there's responses, and yeah. they they end up being clear over time. Man, and you haven't even like gotten into any of the Steam Workshop stuff. Like, there's so much mod, like modding and like Dang. DLC stuff uh, I, for that game. I'm I'm stuck right now because I'm like my city's kind of going strong. I have steady income. I have a lot of money in the bank. I've been like decreasing taxes because I'm running a big surplus, and mm-hmm. you know, there's no like. I guess they're going to come out with the expansion soon where there can be, like, natural disasters and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so. I think the main, like, as it stands for where you're at, like, what the real challenge is is, like, how much can you grow your city without mm-hmm. things totally falling apart? And the larger your city grows, you'll run into different challenges. Yeah. Right? That would come along with, like, a huge population. But part of me wants to, like, with the lessons I've learned from this city, to just restart. Oh, and that's the thing. It's like... Uh, so many games are like this where like your first city or your first character like it's you shouldn't get attached because yeah. you learn from it i am attached <laughs> yeah. i put like eight hours into it you know i can't Just tell like you saying they're tweaking it i can't tell you how many cities i like started and then abandoned because i was like oh i could do that better you know? yeah i think that could do um i could 
consider the future growth a little bit better Mm -hmm. maybe maybe it's always like what i always ran into is like oh my traffic i've got a traffic situation i could have done a better job of like laying out roads you'll you'll realize that roundabouts are your best friend it's so hard too to like change your road situation without just being like get the fuck out of here all you people you know (laughs) like it's now i feel like uh you know when they built like highway systems and stuff in the u.s like inner city like inner city highway systems not like you know the like national highway system and they just like are like fucking knocking down people's houses and stuff like that like in la so maybe you might be able now to empathize with a real estate tycoon who upends people's houses who then becomes the president-elect yeah (laughs) you know another dollar in the trump jar um Yeah. Um, but I I, bit, I played a lot of that. I played a lot of that in uh, in Orlando too during thing while I was there for Thanksgiving because I was just I don't know it's just so it was only like eight bucks. Was, I I experienced my first Steam sale too. So it's like oh eight bucks. Those are fun, man. Yeah, because it was it was it's a thirty dollar game for eight bucks. So I was like oh, mm-hmm. nice. Um, but um, I've also been playing a lot of Pokemon, um, which. I've been enjoying a lot too. I've I've put about as much time into about like eight hours of time. Yeah, um, I I've kind of decided that I'm gonna hold off on buying it until I get a Switch, and I'll just mm-hmm. buy it on Switch because that's, Pokemon, that's a rumor. It's gonna be Pokemon Stars. Yeah, that's called. that's the rumor. Yeah, so that, that'll be like the same game. I've got I've got enough to play right now. I think something I might want to hold off on. Yeah, but how how is it? It's I've enjoyed it a lot. Um, I like. The last, like I said, the last Pokemon game I played was um, Black and White Version Mm 2, which is very much still in, like, the traditional mold, like, overhead view, like, you go from gym to gym. Yeah. Um, Gyms are largely the same. So you never played X and Y? I didn't play X and Y. Okay. But, um, first thing that I noticed is that you always know where the next objective is. Mm. Like... There's a map with a little flag on it. Like, this is where the next thing's going to be. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, like, they don't say, you can't, you know, mess around here. They don't, like, push you necessarily towards the next thing. But you always know yeah. where it is. Okay. And actually, it was a problem for me in, in version 2, black and white. Like, I there were points where I just, like, didn't really know where I was supposed to go. Which is great for a game like Metroid or something that's exploration-based, but it mm-hmm. becomes really frustrating in a game like Pokemon, where you're yeah. like walking through a bunch of tall grass and getting into random battles, but yeah. you don't really know where to go. That's true. Um, so that's been interesting, um, and that's been something that I've enjoyed. There's a lot of... You encounter the same characters a lot, which is good. Um, there's not, you know... There's a couple consistent characters through the game. You're like rival quote unquote in the game um you know how like in po- in the first pokemon game like yeah there's gary you yeah. know and gary's like fuck you you're the worst and i hate you oh, like yeah. this guy is like your your quote unquote rival you know in the traditional pokemon sense this dude is like hey this is so much fun let's battle oh you beat me i must not be very good like <laughs> oh. he's like very excitable dude okay. um and it's uh, it's really funny. Um, that's interesting. Maybe that's like they're trying to change the narrative on how to be a good sportsman. Yeah, you know, in Pokemon. Yeah. Well, Gary, do you ever read like the story of like Gary no. on like 4chan or something? What, dude? Gary. Okay, I don't want to get into it really too deep, but Gary has a miserable fucking life. I mean, first off, could you imagine if your grandfather, Professor Oak, decided to give the first pick of the Pokemon? to some fucking kid in town and not you <laughs> your own grandfather like uh, you know it, it just goes on and on and on and then you beat gary the first time you battle against yeah. him and then it's just like he just constantly gets stepped on and shit on it's poor gary can't blame him for hating you yeah well this guy's got a much more uh, positive outlook right there are a couple things like that have um slightly dampered the experience not in gameplay actually there's a lot of good like gameplay stuff like some quality of life improvements. For yeah. example, if you if you fight um, another Pokemon, um, the first time you know you're kind of like guessing around what moves are effective and not effective. Mm-hmm. But afterwards, like the game remembers which moves are effective against particular Pokemon and which are super effective and which are not very effective and which have no effect. And so, like when you're choosing your attacks, 
Yeah. Um, it'll say like in a little box next to attack, like super effective or not very effective. That's good. So yeah, that's good. Like so that you know, I don't have to remember anything because uh, who, who wants to do that? Yeah, Pokemon. Um, like it can be kind of a laundry list. As exactly. Far as those sort of, yeah. There's a lot of rock paper scissors interconnected kinds yeah. of systems going on, and so it's nice that they kind of let you know. Um, and and you can strategize accordingly. Right. Um, it's a, it doesn't mean that you're not strategizing. It just means that it's giving you the information you need. Yeah. Um, the the game also looks wonderful. Like, mm-hmm. the graphics are, are beautiful, the animations uh, um, during the battles, and then also just, like, um, the character design, like, aesthetically is really nice. Um, the areas look nice, very colorful. Have you liked um, a lot of the new Pokemon? Yeah, they're, like, weird. I don't know which ones are new or, like, not as new or right. whatever, but, yeah, there's a lot of weird Pokemon. But there's, like, enough, like, I have an Eevee in my team. Like, I've seen Pikachu. Cool. I haven't been able to catch him. Mm-hmm. Um, there are... One thing, like, gameplay-wise that I don't like is there's this new thing, and maybe it's not new to this game. I don't know, because I didn't play X and Y. But um, Pokemon can call for help. So, like, if you're fighting a wild Pokemon, and this happened a lot when I was trying to catch a, a fucking Psyduck, um, they'll, like, after, it's not like it doesn't take up one of their moves, it's like after they've done a move, they can call for help, and then it'll, like, have, like, three ellipses, like, three sets of ellipses, and, like, the camera will go up, and it'll go back down, and either another Pokemon appear, or, or it won't. It'll be like, oh, help didn't come, which, poor Pokemon, help oh, didn't come down. God. <laughs> but... Um, if, if another Pokemon comes to help them, then you're fighting two Pokemon then. And if mm. you're fighting wild Pokemon, you can't catch one of them un- until there's just one of them. Like, you oh. have to, you know, not kill, I guess, but <laughs> defeat <laughs> defeat the other one. But they can just keep doing this over and over during the battle. Yeah. So I was trying to catch a fucking Psyduck. And, like, I would have the Psyduck to the point where I would be able to, like, next move, throw a Pokeball. Yeah. And then it would call for help. And there would be another Psyduck. And then I'd be fighting two Psyduck with my Pokemon, and then I'd kill that kill that Psyduck. I'd kill that fucking Psyduck. If you and if then, you make a Pokemon faint, yeah, out in the wild, you're not like doing anything to help it after it's yeah. Faint. No, it's it's probably gonna die. Yeah, you know? damn, that's dark. <laughs> but but it to catch the Psyduck, mm-hmm. I had to like faint. <laughs> Three other Psyducks. Wow. Sounds like a bloodbath. I know. It was such a... But it took like 10 minutes to catch the Psyduck. At one point, I was like, you know, I don't need a Psyduck. But I was like, I've come this far. I'm going to get the Psyduck. I was down to like two Pokemon left in my party after this battle. It was was kind of a pain. I don't really like that system. Right. I feel like it should take up a move or something for them to call for help. Like they shouldn't be able to do it like after they've done their move. Or it should have like a lower incidence of success. Yeah. Because it was, it it happened three times until it failed. Pokemon and that's pretty consistent. They should be affected more by the bystander effect. Yeah. Where like it cries for help and they're like, nah, nah, <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, nah you got that. Yeah. Um. The other thing that I haven't enjoyed about the game, and this is like the you know my um my what's the word I'm looking for. I, I I think that games should be better about their characters and um, the way they portray, like, you know, especially, like, women characters. Mm-hmm. And, like, the only woman character that you see throughout the game is, like, kind of a fucking idiot and, like, a klutz and, like, oh, no, I didn't know where I was supposed to go. Like, oh, man. oh whoops. Oh, I need you to defend me. Like, yeah. like, I'm a dumb blonde. There's really, like, that much of a scarcity of women in the game? Well, no, it's, it's, it's that every female character so far is either, like, not very bright mm-hmm. or is, like, like, weirdly sexualized for a children's game. Oh, my God. You know? Like... I don't know. And then the other thing is, like, the Team Skull characters, mm. um, which is, like, your Team Rocket in the game. Yeah. They're, like, gangsters. And they're, like, yo, yo, homie. Oh, like, no. It's, it's, it's really rough. And it, I'm, like, oh, this is not only, like, is this kind of uncomfortable because it's just poorly written. Yeah. But also, like, there's there's kind of a dimension to that that's, like, you know, trying to, like, cop on um, some, like, 
gangster quote unquote language and yeah. doing it in a very kind of these are the bad guys way. yeah these are the bad guys and they go yo 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 yeah they talk me. differently than you so they're the bad guys and they're just like constantly waving their arms in front of their face like oh like God. it sounds um, like it would like you know it's a little cringy yeah appeal to like children mm-hmm. who don't have to struggle with those ethics on a day basis exactly but also should we be like you know indoctrinating exactly yeah um so uh, you know that's and i i i don't want to i don't want gamergate coming to get me but (laughs) it's the truth yeah and i i think that nintendo has had problems with that that in the past right um with those kinds of characters in well, their games. Pokemon's made in Japan. Right? Yeah, exactly. And there aren't a lot of black people in Japan, so yeah. they probably are insensitive to like yeah. that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, but you know, they're uh, they're making games for American audiences too, so maybe in like translation things like that they should Yeah. So someone that. someone along the line should have been like, Hey, yeah, uh, maybe we should take another look at this. Yeah, exactly. Re examine these choices. Yeah. Um, um but you know, so far, I've enjoyed it, but those have been, like, slight roadblocks to my enjoyment of it. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm a social justice warrior, Stephen. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of Japanese video games, um, I just started playing Final Fantasy Fifteen. Oof. And so far, I've played about four hours of it, and I'm really into it. Is it still in, like, the tutorial phase? Because that's how I feel like most Final Fantasy games go. Like, no, in, four hours of tutorials. In fact, uh, at the very beginning, it asks you if you want to be a part of, like, a tutorial where it'll mm-hmm. kind of give you the, the DL on some lore and how the combat works. But I just decided to, like, forego it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. You don't... It's interesting. Like, usually uh, Final Fantasy games are, like, really heavy-handed with story elements at the very beginning. Yeah. But this game just sort of, like, kind of just lets you go. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, And then you start picking up the story a little bit at a time. So you're, uh, so it's, it's like open world style at the beginning, right? It's, it's like a, it's a mix. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's seemingly open world, but you know what it reminds me a lot of? It's like open world in the same sense as, uh, Metal Gear Solid 5. Okay. It's actually the, the way that the open world aspect of the game works is really reminiscent of that game because there's like, there's like points on the map of interest, Uh uh, that you'll go to, um, so it's not like open world like Skyrim. You can't go yeah. anywhere. You can't just like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, climb on over that mountain with awkward animations. Like you can't do things like that. And there are points in the game, even when you're in the open world, where like the map sort of uh or the terrain sort of kind of like guides you in one linear direction. Um but it's nice. I, I think it's open world in the sense that like the world is beautifully crafted and detailed and you really feel immersed in that world even if you don't have the freedom to like walk in any direction at any given point the world is like just sculpted around you um and it's really beautiful the game looks so nice you you might have sold me just with that steven yeah because that's i'm not as you know i'm not a huge fan of like like the the bethesda open world games it's not like that that. that's that's that sounds awesome it's it's even a little bit more constricted than metal gear solid 5 how does it like maintain the Final Fantasy feel? Like I know that that's such a like erythral thing. Like yeah, well, it's got all the trappings of like erythral. I think I meant ephemeral. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Words. It's got. It's. I don't know. It has so many throwbacks. Like even when you first turn the game on, like the menus are so reminiscent of Final Fantasy VII. Uh-huh. Just like the color and the way they look, they're just slightly modernized. Like you know, you've got the like sort of glass reflection that you see on max things like that in the menus i don't know it 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 just it's it's exactly what a modernized final fantasy should look like as far as like the ui while still being final fantasy it's such a hard thing to explain um but there's all of the the things you'd expect there's chocobos you know there's rpg elements there's story uh but at the same time there's so many new things like Mm -hmm. you like, there have never been cars in a Final Fantasy game, as far as I know. Yeah, no, I don't know. There's um, motorcycles in uh, Final Fantasy in seven. 7. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, uh, you know, I think this, this speaks to kind of a larger trend, because we were... There's been a, 
I'd say in the past like five years or so where Japanese games have kind of started to lose prominence at least in the u.s mm -hmm. like because we've gotten into especially rpgs but we've we've really and action games actually we've really gotten into kind of like open more open stuff um and they you know japan's started to J japanese developers have just started to respond really well to that metal gear solid 5 was an excellent example of that yeah and i i like that you drew that uh, parallel Oh, it's because good. That makes me interested in the game. Yeah, it's it's definitely open world, but it's structured open world. Well, it sounds like it maintains the things that make Japanese games Japanese games, which mm -hmm. is probably like the weirdness, first of all, at least to us. Like, right? Yeah. But also like more of the like tight design. Yeah. Because um, American open world games don't have that. No. Tight design. We're just like they're just filled with bugs. <laughs> yeah, it's just like just fucking figure it out. Yeah, we'll just, see what happens. Just go like, break. Go break the game. Figure yeah. It out. And and I, I I really like that about Japanese games, and that's what's also um, you know Nintendo seems to be doing that with Zelda too, yeah, um, which hopefully will turn out well. Right. So how's how's the combat system in Final Fantasy Fifteen? So far, I'm really liking it. I feel like I haven't um, I haven't mastered it. Obviously, I think it's going to take a little bit of time. After each battle, it's it's really cool. You get like kind of a letter grade for how you did in three different categories. Nice. Uh, so you've got, I think it's, I'm trying to remember, it's like offense, uh, time, and then uh, finesse, which I think Ooh. is just like your ability to dodge attacks. Yeah. I think that's what it measures. Um, so you get a letter grade for each of those categories. So it kind of lets you know like how effective, because it's active combat. So it's yeah. like, how do you know if you're really doing well when you're just trying to like mash mostly? Um, so it's like action game style, like rating system. Yeah. And the combat to me so far, it feels a lot like Kingdom Hearts. Okay. A lot like Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Um, but it's got some really cool elements. Like there's a, uh, for instance, in previous Final Fantasy games, if you usually have a healer in your party mm -hmm. and you probably at some point will get an ability to like have someone healing. Um, but for the time being, one of the strategies to heal is you want to warp uh, you want to warp mm -hmm. to like a high point so like you'll just like look at a cliff and hold triangle and you'll just warp up there and stab your sword into the cliff and just sort of hang there for a moment and you know replenish your hp and mp so does your hp just like constantly regenerate um when you're in combat i think mm, i'm not really sure i haven't paid that close attention they might regenerate like a little bit at a time yeah. but not really if you want to regenerate your hp you have to like leave combat by warp striking to like a cliff and okay. then from there you can like warp strike back into an enemy and hit them um it's really it's really fluid i think one of the most impressive things about the combat is just the animations mm -hmm. um and there's a lot of interplay between you and your teammates so like you'll be like you'll like be chaining attacks and then all of a sudden you'll do like uh i see i don't even really know how to execute these things because i'm like still new to the game but you'll you'll have like you know cooperative strikes where like you'll hit at the same time with like you'll do a combo with like a given teammate and there's also techniques in the game um where you can like call upon one of your one of your three dudes your bros <laughs> to like ex your bras. execute a specific move that you have mapped um so the combat it seems like there's a lot to it um the one thing that i'm kind of concerned about is um the skill tree right what you like put your ability points into to like um give yourself new abilities it doesn't seem to, like there's a lot of different categories but it doesn't seem like there's like a huge amount of flexibility in the types of characters you can create mm -hmm. it seems like they're going you're just gaining experience points and then you're putting points into abilities that you'll eventually have all of them my my favorite version of Final Fantasy leveling is still Final Fantasy X. Yeah, was the sphere, the sphere grid. grid. Mm -hmm. I I just I wish I wish like every RPG would use. I yeah. mean, it's been like copped a lot. Like it's it's that kind of system is used a lot. Oh yeah, like um, Path of Exile is a good example. They use that. Um, I I think the the reason why that was so popular in 10 was just because it, it allowed like flexibility in the types of characters you could create. And like, mm -hmm. um, now it seems like they're kind of pigeonholed into their roles. I mean, I mean, I have to, I, I'm, I'm waiting on, you know, last guardian. That's my next game purchase coming mm -hmm. in on Tuesday. Yeah. I'm gonna, uh, I've been reading actually, um, this, there's a series of books called boss fight. 
Um, and my buddy has a bookstore, um, that, and he carries them. And so uh, my first purchase from him was this, this Shadow of Colossus boss fight book yeah. uh, by Nick Sutner, um, who apparently has a very large beard and a cat, as you can <laughs> see on this picture in the back. And um, just, you know, it's a kind of like an overview of the game and like, you know, he's playing through it and talking about, you know, different aspects of the game. He's like interviewed people about it and interviewed Udaya, the, you know, dude that uh, made the game. And it's just gotten me so excited about Last Guardian coming out next week. Because yeah. Because it's, first of all, it's been so long since Shadow of Colossus. It's been like 10 years at least, maybe at least longer. Probably longer. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it came out when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's... So we're talking like 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But it's um, it's just had, like, his games have had such a huge influence on games in general. There was even, like, an interview in the book um, with one of the developers of Halo and saying that one of the battles that they had in Halo 3 was like direct like they basically like ripped it off from shadow of colossus like the the structure of the battle and i was like whoa even (laughs) this new zelda game coming out yeah is largely influenced by shadow of the colossus so like with the like scaling of like terrain and stuff yeah but once once i wrap that up the shadow colossus i'm gonna have to give a serious look to final fantasy 15 you started to sell me because I it makes a good first impression. I'll see how it pans out. I've only played four hours of it, but yeah, it's. I mean, I, I think just just to like go through the world alone, like it's so immersive because it just looks so pretty. Yeah, I didn't know that a PlayStation Four. It, it you know honestly, it makes me want like a PS Four Pro or something, just to like see it in four K because it, it really is that beautiful. I'm like, wow, could this look even better? Like, <laughs> I want to see that. Man, I was watching the um, that Mass Effect trailer in 4K on my computer because it's a 4K screen, oh, and nice. I was like, <laughs> I, I made I made eyes. I was like, whoa! Damn, you bought a thousand dollar 4K trailer machine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't really play games in 4K on it. It's funny because mm. the like. There's like Steam, for example, like the interface for Steam is not designed for 4K screen, so yeah. it looks like shit um, on that that screen. Really? Yeah, looks 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 kind of trashy, um, but you know whatever. Um, but yeah, I I also I I finished Gears of War four. Oh yeah, how'd that how'd that end? Don't tell Wait. me, but was well, it good? Yeah, um, I think one of my. One thing that I really enjoyed about the game, because it was, I feel like it was a little longer than I would have expected. I don't know. I, most action games, I feel like, clock in under 10 hours. Mm-hmm. I feel like this one clocked in over. Maybe it's because I, I set the difficulty level higher, so I was dying. Um, I wasn't kind of just, like, speeding through it. Yeah. Um, but it, it was really, there's a lot of variety, um, and I enjoyed that. I feel it, like Gears and Halo, they're, like, the last bastions for, like, uh, shooter campaigns yeah that really like take center stage yeah because oh yeah because halo's campaigns are fantastic yeah. man halo 5 campaign was so good uh-huh. um i loved it um and i really play halo for the campaign i play years of war for the campaign. i haven't even touched multiplayer i don't have xbox live mm-hmm. um so um but the campaign was there was there were a couple different varieties of enemies. They did the thing where, like, they have the one kind of enemy at the beginning, and then they have the other kind of enemy, and then there's just, like, the both of them, you know, mm-hmm. eventually at the same time. Yeah. Um, and that was cool. Um, and then also, like, ways that they made you feel more powerful through the game. Because um, there's, like, the, the new race of enemies. Like, there's these, like, you know... You fight. You end up finding like one or two of the like really big version of something, mm-hmm. you know, and they're 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 pain in the ass to beat. It's like a boss battle every time you do it, um, um, but it's really engaging, really fun. Um, but then like one of the last levels, you like get in these like fucking giant robots that are just like where you just like destroy shit. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I. I you it's just like such a beautiful feeling to have that in the game um to like take those enemies that were so difficult and such a pain in the ass and just be like fuck you guys and <laughs> just mow over them yeah um but it ended really well and also it ended because 
one thing that was kind of getting me down was literally like you like there's a portion of the game where you're like going deeper and deeper underground Mm -hmm. and so the game gets really dark um but then after because after you emerge into like the sunny you know foresty town situation that you're in towards the end of the game it's just really nice because it's it looks beautiful mm-hmm. and it's not like dark and gritty you know? oh yeah like that's one of the things i don't really like about the first gears of war is just how just dark and gritty and gray it is all the time yeah it's nice to have some some color a lot of games from the last generation have that sort of like filter over them yeah they're like we're brown and gray yeah <laughs> like you saw did you see like they uh remastered assassin's creed and i saw like a comparison like it just looked like it had like a, a red filter over the whole game yeah because i don't know that's what we want as gamers yeah Dark. i remember when they, the they were first showing diablo 3 uh-huh. um and there were like you know colors in it um and the screenshots and people were like oh this is how diablo's dark and gritty it's supposed to be gray and crappy <laughs> you know yeah. and and blizzard was like fuck you guys like it looks wonderful yeah. shut up and it does well um, the like having vibrant colors in a game is just part of like that addictive like stimulation of staring at a beautiful screen yeah right like isn't that what keeps people playing no like that's i'm t- <laughs> it is, it's the feedback right yeah but yeah, um, I, now i'm getting into like something really dark which is like the addiction the addiction of like screen addiction yeah Yep, I, I, I've got that a little bit. Oh, yeah. Sometimes I, like, sit there at my desk, and I realize I have my phone, my iPad, and my computer, and mm-hmm. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. Like, why do I have all three of these right here? Yeah. So, oh. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> I've come to speak with you again. <laughs> just, like, splice that in the end of the podcast. All right. Well, you know, now that we've inevitably just, like, started to trudge into the darkness, uh, yeah, I think that's we've... a good note to end on. <laughs> no, we've just talked for 35 minutes into despair. <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, next week, you'll get to hear my excitement or disappointment about Last Guardian. I'm um, I'm interested, because it's... Your your thoughts on that game is going to be whether or not I ask for it for Christmas. Ah, uh, so we'll we'll have to, and then when we we'll have to do like you you know you did as as children, and when you finish Final Fantasy and I finish Last Guardian, we could just trade. That's so true. Yeah, I have so many games. Well, less than you, but I have games where I'm like, man, these are just going to rot away in their boxes here. Yeah, I have plenty. Look at all those games rotting away. Rotting away. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note. Mm-hmm. Have a wonderful week, everybody. Yeah, yeah, we'll see you next time. On the Post Facto Podcast. <laughs> I'll have to do some, <laughs> some audio editing. <laughs> <laughs>